Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Mitch Slevik. This story was recorded live on August 15th, 2018. The theme of the evening was cheating. Hello, everyone. This is the story about how I won the 1988 National Hot Dog Eating Championship in New York City. Okay, so technically I was not at the National Hot Dog Eating Championship in 1988 in New York City. But had I performed as well as I did at the 2015 National Hot Dog Eating Championship in New York City in 1988, I would have won. (laughs) Technically, I was also not at the 2015 National Hot Dog Eating Championship, but I did throw a satellite hot dog eating championship in my backyard in 2015, concurrent with the national one. And if I had done as well as I did in my backyard, unsanctioned, unofficial hot dog eating championship at the official competition in 1988 in New York City, I would have won. (laughs) And I would have won by cheating. So to understand how I ended up holding a uh, satellite hot dog eating championship in my backyard, we need to go back in time a little bit to high school. Uh, When I was in high school, at some point, I found myself among a group of friends at the 50s diner-themed chain restaurant, Gunther Tootie's. Some fans and some detractors. Um, And they serve there, among other things, vanilla Coke, which is not that canned nonsense you can buy now. It was like real soda fountain vanilla Coke. They would take Coke and pour vanilla syrup in. Now I think about it, it's very simple. I could have just made it at home. Uh, But I didn't know that at the time. And I thought vanilla Coke was the most amazing thing in the world. And not only were they serving it, they were giving free refills. At the time, a person, and maybe still, I haven't been back, a person could go to Gunther Tootie's and drink as much vanilla Coke as they could imagine. Um, And so when I was there that day, I felt like that's what I needed to do. Um, I loved vanilla Coke, and I didn't know when I was going to be back, which I still haven't been back. And so it was my mission to drink all the vanilla Coke that I would ever want to drink for the rest of my life. And kudos to the wait staff that did a really good job of filling up my vanilla Cokes very quickly, at which point it sort of became a race. I was like, can I drink more than they can refill? Um, And I later did the math, and I drank about 94 ounces of vanilla Coke in about 20 minutes. And then I walked calmly to the bathroom and most of it came back up. So, but as I was vomiting vanilla Coke in the Gunther Tootie's bathroom, I was struck with something, which was that basically what was coming out of my body was exactly what I'd put into my body. I was essentially just pouring vanilla Coke out of my face into the toilet. And... Save for a little burning in the nostrils because of all the acidity, uh, it wasn't that unpleasant. (laughs) And I realized that if I were to eat something beautiful, like way too much of something beautiful so that it made me throw up, I would throw up something beautiful. (laughs) Like if I were to eat all the colors of jello, so much of all the colors of jello that my body was like, we're gonna die, we have to get rid of this, and it would purge. I would vomit rainbows. <laughs> this was a great idea. In theory, a few things went wrong in practice. Um, 
the whole story for another day. But one of the big things is the way that you prepare jello is you put the powder in some hot water and you mix it up and you put it in a fridge and when it gets sufficiently cold, it congeals or solidifies or whatever it is, it does, it becomes jello. Um, but the opposite is also true. If you take jello and you put it in a particularly warm container, like a human body, um, it reverts to liquid. So I was working so hard, eating all of these different colors of jello, creating my rainbow, and my stupid body was just returning it to liquid and creating a, just one pool of sugar water in my stomach. <laughs> now you might be imagining like all those colors mixed together, some sort of murky brown, but actually the red dye is much more powerful than all the other dyes. So when I achieved my goal of eating my dream of eating jello until I threw up, uh, instead of a beautiful rainbow, what came out was just a fountain of red liquid, really bright red liquid, um, which was more of a low-budget horror movie effect rather than the wonderful art piece that I had imagined. So I tell you that story just to uh, let you know that I'm the type of person <laughs> that when someone comes to me with a really good idea about consuming too much of something for no reason, uh, I'm game. So <laughs> in 2015, my friend Mark challenged me to participate remotely in the National Hot Dog Eating Championship. And I agreed. And I amazingly found another friend to do it with me, my friend Rachel. And we set up the backyard. We put out a bunch of tables. We prepared a lot of hot dogs. We gathered a small crowd. We drug the TV outside so we could like participate live with the action in New York. Um, but no one wanted to pay for an ESPN subscription. So we participated live with a YouTube video of last year's competition. Um, and we had all sorts of red, white, and blue stuff. It happens on the 4th of July. And so on July 4th, 2015, 7.30 AM, that's when the competition happens, uh, I ate. 12 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Now those of you who are imagining a plate with 12 hot dogs on it in front of you are probably kind of impressed with my number. Those of you who know that the world record is 73 hot dogs in 10 minutes are probably less impressed. But here's the thing. My 12 hot dogs in 10 minutes would have been enough to win at the official competition in 1988. So how could I, just a regular dude, compete with those, I'm going to call them athletes, those uh, <laughs> amazing athletes of the hot dog eating world in the 70s and 80s. And it's because of cheating. But I don't mean cheating like I wasn't shoving hot dogs down my shirt or whatever. I mean, I had an advantage that they didn't have, which was that I could go Google how to eat hot dogs real fast um, on my computer and get all sorts of modern techniques that people have figured out over the ages. One of my favorites is called the Solomon, um, <laughs> named after the famous story where uh, two ladies and a baby come up to King Solomon, and the ladies both claim to be the mother of the baby, who the baby has a huge inheritance, and King Solomon's like, no problem, we'll just cut the baby in half, each of you gets half a baby and half the inheritance, everybody wins. And then only one of the ladies was like, hey, let's not go cutting babies in half. And King Solomon was like, you're obviously the real mother because only the real mother would not want to see a baby sawed in half. So the greatest legacy of that story um, is the competitive hot dog eating technique called the Solomon, whereby you take the hot dog out of the bun and then you break it in half and then you shove it in your mouth. <laughs> thereby doubling the efficiency of your chewing. 
<laughs> Another technique that I used, which, and just to warn you, this is the part that most people think is the grossest thing that happens at the hot dog eating championship, is uh, you take the bun and dip it in water so it gets really soaked. And then you stick it in your mouth and it just slides down your throat like lightly bread-flavored mucus. Um, <clears throat> it's a real time saver if you're eating a lot of hot dogs. So, armed with these modern techniques, if I could have been teleported through time and space to Coney Island in 1988 and participated in the National Hot Dog Eating Championship, everyone would have been grabbing their hot dogs with the bun still on, and I would be busting out the Solomon and the bread mucus chug. And everyone would be like, well, you can't do that. That's cheating. You're unfairly doubling your chewing efficiency. And I'd be like, well, show me in the rules where it specifically says I can't do that. And they're like, ah. Anyway, if that had happened, that would have been how I won the 1988 National Hot Dogging Championship in New York. Thank you. The Narrators was created by Andrew Orvidal and is produced by me, Ron Doyle, Sidney Crane, and Aaron Rollman, with support from Scott Carney, Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, and Robert Rutherford. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. I'd also like to thank Jobless, who provided the music you're listening to right now, and fans just like you who attend our live monthly shows, which take place every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theatre in Denver, Colorado. For more information about our storytellers or the narrators, visit narrators.org and find, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Myself. I have my shit, have my shit figured out, but now I'm leaving. I'm walking to the door and I've seen the sky, I've seen him before.